Let me ask you, have you ever wished that you could just slow down your life just a bit? Like if you could just slow down your day for a moment or your week or your month and you sense that you're just running in a thousand different directions and you've got to be at stuff over here and then you've got stuff here that you need to do and then there's stuff way over here that has to be done and you've got family obligations and you have work obligations and there's church stuff and hobbies and friends and all of these demands on you and your time and it gets a little much at times and have you ever wished that you could just slow down a bit? You know, so often the pressure to pack our lives full of activity and maximize our time by doing more consumes us. And when we add stuff to our life and continually just pile things on without removing anything at all, our lives get very cluttered. And if we go on living as if cluttered is normal and good, then it's likely that unhappiness will rule. And we're just not going to be happy people because there will be too much to do and too many directions to run in. And here's some other things that will happen when we let cluttered rule. Anxiety, stress, and depression will become our normal modus operandi. It'll be how we operate. And I've yet to meet the person who says, you know what, I really like stress. And I would like more of that in my life. As a matter of fact, bring on the anxiety and the high blood pressure. Sign me up for that kind of life. That's wonderful. See, nobody says that. Nobody really wants that. So here's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks as we walk through Unclutter Your Life. We're going to have an honest discussion on how to say no to the craziness by simplifying our lives. We're just going to walk through gaining confidence and saying no to things and the craziness in our lives that we tend to pile up so that we can unclutter and hear from God in clear ways. Now, what can we expect if we really want to chase the uncluttered life? Because it's kind of easy to say that, right? Yeah, we all want to declutter a little bit. We want to simplify and we want to get rid of things. But what can we expect if we get really serious about making the choice to simplify so that we can hear from God in intense ways? What can we expect? Here's a couple of thoughts. We can expect resistance. Like there will be people who will say, you can't stop doing that stuff. Because here's the reality. Most of the stuff that we pile into our lives is not bad stuff. And that's like a whole different topic. Most of the things that we add are good things. They benefit us. We like them and they encourage other people. But sometimes it becomes a bit too much. So when we say we're going to unclutter, you can just expect resistance. Here's what else you can expect. You can expect pain. Like there's going to be a lot of hard decisions to make. I mean, if we want to unclutter a bit, This is going to involve pain because I might have to let go of something that I really want to hang on to. So we can expect resistance. That's going to happen. We can expect pain because it's hard to walk away from stuff. But we can also expect God. 
because the uncluttered life is where we get to see and hear from God in better ways. And that's why we want uncluttered. And that's why we need to chase this. And that's why we have to get after this with a passion that just won't stop. Because uncluttered gives me the opportunity to hear from Jesus in better ways. One of the things that should be happening for you at Valley Point Church is this. I really want you to hear this. So one of the things that should be happening for you at Valley Point Church is that we should be increasing your relational closeness to Christ. We should be encouraging you to get closer to him and that can happen when we unclutter and we can hear from God in better ways. So this is so much more than just some ideas on how to get more organized because we're really not going to share that. You got to figure that out on your own. And this is so much more than just giving you the mental fortitude to say no to things. Although hopefully you will say no to some stuff. Uncluttering your life is ultimately about increasing our relational closeness to Jesus so that we can hear from him. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal. And we've got to get this right. So let's think here for just a moment about how busy we really are. Because maybe you're wondering about this and maybe you're not feeling that stressed out. You don't feel that busy. So let's just think about this for a bit. And I came across a recent survey that talked about how busy we are as people. And I found it to be kind of interesting. So here's what the survey said. 44% of the respondents agreed that if their daily life continues at the current pace, they would probably have health problems. The same survey said that the stress of a go-go lifestyle, just on the run, it's been linked to heart disease, obesity, depression, memory problems, sleep disorders, anxiety, and high blood pressure. And again, I've never met the person who said, I'd like to have all of that in my life. So I'll just continue with my pace because I want heart disease and I want all this stuff. Nobody says that. I actually talked to a doctor recently who deals with stress-related issues. And I want to share with you what they said because it's real. It's right here where we live. And it's a bit disturbing. So listen to this. I quote, In the course of one eight-hour day, I will see at least two children ranging from the ages of 8 to 18 that are having physical symptoms due to the clutter in their lives. So we're talking about kids. We total three full-time doctors. That would be six patients each day with medical symptoms due to stress. Multiply that by five days each week, and you get 30 stressed, depressed, fatigued, tired patients each week. These children are the good athletes and good students who are just getting pulled in all directions. These are patients who never have downtime, eat dinners in the car, and have no semblance of family chill time. These same kids who look fabulous on paper and on the outside are crying themselves to sleep, taking mood-altering drugs, cutting, and having unhealthy sexual relationships as a way to deal with their stress. The youngest child that I saw was eight. He was an awesome lacrosse player on three select teams. And he was a mess. See, again, there's just a lot of pressure in culture 
to add all kinds of stuff to our lives. And this doesn't just affect adults. I mean, it trickles all the way down. Back to the survey. 40% admitted to being on an emotional edge because of their schedules. 57% of those married admitted that they are rarely able to go on a date with their spouse. There's just no time. There's no time for this. So in the middle of all of this, we're losing touch with those we care about the most. And in the middle of all that, we're pushing God way to the back and we're swimming in a sea of clutter. I think sometimes we find ourselves there and we begin to wonder, how did I get here? And how did this happen to me? So here's our big idea for today. Unclutter your time and just enjoy what matters. And we're going to try to unpack that and drill down on that. So unclutter your time and just enjoy what matters. Let me ask you this question. What defines your day? If you had to describe that to somebody, and maybe you even have the opportunity to bring out some objects that would define who you are and what you do. What would that look like? As a matter of fact, if you had a box to define your day and you could put the different things that are a part of your day in that box, what would you put in there? So I've got some things that define me. All right, so I'm going to fill up my little box and we'll pretend this is my life here and I'll talk to you about my day. So I have six children and here's all their pictures. Can I show you each one? No, I'm not going to do that because they would be embarrassed. So my kids are a big deal to me. They really are. So I'm going to put them right here, and they're important to me. I've got a son right now who's playing soccer, and I know there's pink on this soccer ball, but we're going to put that in there anyway because I have a lot of soccer that goes on. I'm a pastor. Part of my day is what happens here at Valley Point Church. And so here's one of my Bibles that I love to read, and so I'm going to put that in my life. And this is the black binder of love. It's what I call it. So here, my, my wedding manuscripts are in here. And I just did a wedding last night. And so if you ever want to get married, I pull this out and do you and do you and live happily ever after. Wonderful. Have a great life. It's part of my responsibilities. I marry people. And so we'll put that in there. Right now we're painting our house on the inside. Actually, my wife is painting on the inside and I kind of just point. So we're going to put that in there because it's happening. I really do love coffee And so here's my Starbucks stuff, and so I stop and get that, and I put that in there. I love to read. It's part of my day. I'm reading a book right now called Going Deep, and that's just changing my life, and there's all kinds of books that I love to read. And I think you get this, don't you? I mean, this is not that hard. This makes sense, that we pile things up too much, and it adds to the clutter, and all of a sudden, our life begins to spill over a little bit, and we have issues And we have problems. So there's really only one thing to do. We have to take things out. But here's the problem. And here's the challenge. We really don't like doing that at all. Because again, this is all good stuff. So instead of taking things out, we just pile more stuff on. And we have more and more issues until we're a complete mess. Let me ask you this. What would you say are your priorities in life that probably don't really resemble anything like the cluttered box of life. 
I mean, if you just had to write them out, if you had to dream a little bit, what would you say are your priorities? What are your values? The things that you think about on the inside, the things that make your heart beat fast. So we've got a clean slate over here. Let's just write down some of the things that we would say are priorities for us. And your list is going to be different than mine, but there's probably some similarities. So let's write some things down about our priorities. Most of us would probably say, you know what? God is a pretty big deal to me. And I've embraced his leadership and his forgiveness, and so we're going to put him on the list of priorities because God is a big deal. I think many of us would say our families are a priority to us, and we love them, and we want to provide for them and care for them and just have a great time together as a family. And so families are a priority. I think some of us would say that our health is a priority, and so we do things to make sure that we're functioning and we're going to live and enjoy the people around us. And some of us would probably say that our work is a priority. And we try to make that count and do the best job that we can because it represents us. Your list might look like that. You might have other things on there like friends or hobbies that you have that you would say are a real priority to you. Here's the thing. At some point, we have to choose. Do we want our lives to be driven by our priorities, the things that we think about on the inside? Or do we want our lives to be an overflow of the clutter that we create by adding too much to what is already there? What do we want it to look like? Do we want to be driven by our priorities or do we want to be driven by all of the stuff that has to be done? So you've got a writing assignment. In your program, you actually have some space. So take that back out. And I want you to grab a writing utensil. And you've got a spot right there to write down your priorities. So I want you to begin the process of doing that. If you don't have anything to write with, fake it. So I think you're actually listening to me. All right? So write down your priorities. Again, maybe it looks like what you see up there. Maybe it looks a little bit different. But just write some of that down because... I think it will be helpful for you to define this. Now, you also have another section there that says, in order to make the day reflect my priorities, here's what I will do. All right, so you've got your priorities written down, the things that you want to drive you and define you. Now, I want you to make a change statement. In order to make the day reflect my priorities, here's what I will do. Now, here's some rules for that. Be specific. Don't say, I'm just going to get better. (laughs) That means nothing. How do you define that? Be specific and make the commitment for a brief time, like for the next seven days or the next 14 days or the next 30 days. Here's what I will do to make the day reflect my priorities. And don't just say what, but say how. How are you going to pull that off? Now, while you're trying to figure out your statement, let me share my statement with you. And not that I have it all down and I'm perfect, but here's what I put together in preparing for this. So in order to make the day reflect my priorities, I will be present at family dinner time, meaning no phone, and I have to mentally be in the room. Does anybody else struggle with that? I'm the only one. It's the same way in the first service. Nobody else struggles with that. All right. 
well, I, I need to work on that, so I'm going to be present, no phone, I'm going to be in the room, and I will stick to a weekly date night with my wife. My goal is to do this for the next 30 days. Now, Tanya and I actually started this this past Thursday. So we got the kids ready, and they were all set, and we went on our date, and we filled up the car with gas. Not romantic, but breathtaking. Huh. Actually, we went to Whole Foods and we bought some cannolis, which were more expensive than the gas. So whatever, it's all good. I'm working on this stuff, so that's my change statement. You've got yours. Look at your statement. All right, it's in front of you. Expect resistance. Expect pain. But expect God to show up and speak to you in ways that maybe you just couldn't hear before. The paragraph that we're going to unpack today is found in Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 38. And we've got a great story about somebody who allowed a little bit of clutter into their life. And Jesus had to say, all right, hang on, let's clear some of this out. So I'm going to read this to you and then we'll make some comments. Verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So we've got Jesus and a group of disciples and they're traveling and there's a lady named Martha and she likes to host parties and she's good at it. She's wonderful. She's a tremendous host and so she invites Jesus and the disciples, the crowd there, to come on into her home. So this is all wonderful. Verse 39. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So you've got Sister Mary here, and she is just sitting at the feet of the rabbi. And that's what Jesus was. He was a teacher. And it wasn't uncommon when Jesus was in a room that people would gather around him and even sit at his feet so that he could teach and they could listen and they could hear what he had to say. And so that's what Mary is doing. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, this is why I love the Bible, because this stuff happens, doesn't it? I mean, have you ever been preparing something in your home and all of a sudden you look around and everybody is sitting on the couch like a bunch of bums and you're like, can't you see that there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done around here? And isn't anybody going to help? That's Martha. That's where she's at. Verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. And the language we have here indicates that Jesus is saying, you've allowed yourself to get cluttered with stuff, with details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. All right, so what's going on here? Well, we've got Martha, and she's the host. Think Martha Stewart here, because she wants everything to be perfect, and she's excited about having this wonderful party And then there is her sister who seems to be doing nothing. Jack squat. That's what her sister's doing. And Martha's head is just about to explode. And so she walks over to Jesus. 
and says, aren't you going to do anything about this? Doesn't this seem a bit unfair? And Jesus responds and says, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's for you Brady Bunch fans. Actually, he said, Martha, Mary made a better choice. I get what you're saying, and I understand that you're stressed out, and your life is cluttered with all of these details, but Mary has made a better choice. And in reading this, I really wondered, what's so bad about Martha's choice? I mean, she's hosting a party, and she wants it to be great. She wants people to be happy. She wants the food to taste just right. What's so wrong about that? Well, here's the thing. When you go back to the question that she asked, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? See, when you look at that question, you get the idea that Martha was consumed about herself and her reputation as a host. And that's all she was consumed with, and she allowed her mind to be cluttered with that instead of taking advantage of the fact that Jesus was in her home. No added pressure there, but he's there, and you could learn from him. Instead, she's kind of consumed with creme brulee and raspberry tort, or whatever they ate back in the day. And Jesus just kind of gets her attention and says, Martha, look, I want you to stop trying to impress others, run your own race, and allow your heart to drive your schedule. I believe Jesus knew her heart. He knew what was on the inside. And he knew that Martha loved him, and that's why she hosted this great event. But she was not allowing her heart to drive her activities. She allowed her mind and her actions to be incredibly cluttered. And we do the same thing, don't we? We do. We say we want that. We want our lives to be driven by our priorities, but unfortunately, often, it looks like this overflowing box that is just out of control. So what happens to Martha? Well, we don't know. The story just kind of ends there. So we're left hanging a bit, but I would like to believe that she probably put all of her stuff down for a few moments and got next to Mary and just listened to what Jesus was saying and probably had some great takeaways in her life at that moment, and she let all the food burn. So she made her guests mad, but Jesus was happy with her, and at the end of the day, this is ultimately what we want to do. So let me share some takeaways with you. First of all, take a long, hard look at your motivations. That's what Jesus did with Martha. Just encourage her to look at her motivations. What is driving you, Martha? Why are you so consumed with this dinner? Why do you have all of these details cluttering your mind? And I think this is a fair question to ask ourselves as well. When we sense that things are just spilling out and there is all kinds of clutter and we don't even know where to begin. Here's some questions. Why do I work so many hours? Why are my children involved in so many activities? Why do I volunteer for everything? Martha, why are you so consumed with all of these details? It's a fair question to ask. And so today, as you think about simplifying your life, take a long, hard look at what motivates you. Are you being driven by what's on the inside? 
by your priorities and your values? Or are you being driven to look a certain way and to pull off an X amount of events so that people somehow think you've got it all together? Take a good, long, hard look at your motivations. Secondly, be willing to let go. Meaning, maybe it's just time to let go of something that you're currently doing. And again, it's not a bad thing, but maybe it's just too much and it's creating this clutter. So maybe it's time to let go of something. Now, a word of warning here. Some people hear that and they get all excited and they just can everything. Like we're just going to stop everything and we're going to go home and we're just going to stare at each other and that'll be wonderful. Well, that rarely works, okay? And you're going to make a lot of people mad by doing that. If your life is busy, and if you would even say that you have contributed to the clutter, you can't undo that in one move. Take one step at a time. Find one thing to let go and pray about that and then begin to strategize on what you can do. In your program, you've got some space where it says, what's the one thing that you're going to let go of? And I would encourage you to write something down there because if you write that down, I think the likelihood goes way up that you're going to pull that off on your way out the door. So think even right now, what is one thing that I can let go of in the next seven days or 14 days or 30 days that's going to unclutter my life? Here's the third takeaway. Discover imbalance. Imbalance. See, it doesn't seem like we're told all of the time to get balance in your life. Yeah, you got to be balanced. But what does that even mean? What does it mean to be balanced? And who even defines that anyway? Maybe it would just be better for us to focus in on a few things and be imbalanced in the view of the people around us, but be uncluttered. So maybe being imbalanced is a better thing for us as we chase the simple kind of life where God just speaks to us and we hear him in better ways. Consider the life of Jesus. He's a pretty good example, don't you think? I mean, he came to earth with a single focus, to pay for the sins of the world. That was his mission. That's the one thing he wanted to do. And he did other things while he was here. He healed people. And he taught, but he didn't heal everybody. And he didn't teach everybody. And he only stayed in one location. He didn't travel the globe to get the word out about who he was. He stayed in one spot. He only lived into his early 30s. But yet he stayed on mission. He was probably a bit imbalanced in the eyes of the people around him, but he did it. He won, and we all benefit because of that. He is the ultimate example of being uncluttered. So look at your change statement again. What is it that you hope to do so that your week and your life reflects your priorities? Do you see that in front of you? Now, unclutter your time so that you can truly enjoy what matters. We can do it. Father, we're so thankful for this day and for the opportunity we have to look at this story of how Jesus challenged somebody to be uncluttered in their life.
And God, this isn't an easy thing for us. We love to do stuff. Culture pushes us to be involved in all kinds of activities. And God, many, if not most, of these things are very healthy and very good for us. But sometimes our lives just begin to spill over and we're no longer driven by our values and our priorities, but we're just driven by the next thing. And we're running and we're going in a thousand different directions and we find ourselves gasping for breath and we push away the people around us that we love the most. And certainly that involves you. Kind of just push you way to the back and we swim in a sea of clutter. God, this isn't just about getting organized. And this isn't just about saying no to stuff so we have more time to do nothing. God, this is about increasing our relational closeness to you, which is something that each and every one of us has to wrestle with. God, this is what must happen if we're gonna deepen our friendship with you. God, we'll never go any further than where we're at today if we don't get closer to you. And God, one of the ways we can do that corporately is by just uncluttering our lives. God, help us to see the value of this and help us to choose a simple life like what you lived. A life that was probably considered a bit imbalanced, but on mission and uncluttered. And certainly you accomplish so much. God, we want the same for our lives. So help us to embrace this. Help us to get simple and unclutter our lives, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.